0: Happy Festivus, roadies, and welcome to a very festive holiday special of Roadside Warriors. I am Hunter Cates. I'm Pat Cullinan. And I am Gary O'Mealy. And today we are going to the One Enid Christmas Tree, the world's tallest fresh-cut Christmas tree at 140 feet tall. Now, on today's episode, we will talk about the tree, then we're going to take a little break, and then begin talking about the greatest Christmas movie of all time. What is it? You're going to have to stick around and find out. Then Gary and Pat will be competing in a little Christmas trivia and true false. And finally, we will check out the Enid Christmas tree and tell you what we thought. But first, Pat, how are we getting to Enid, Oklahoma?
1: Basically 412 the entire way. I don't actually know like where we go when we get there. I just assumed it was going to be flat enough that this tree would stand out and I could find it.
0: We're hoping that when we're we're within, like, 50 miles, we can just see the the tree in the distance. Um, Well, you know what? It's an adventure, so we'll see what happens. So, as usual, we are starting at Expo Square in the sightline of the uh, Golden Driller.
1: This fancy new SageNet Center. The nice new entrance and whatnot. Wow,
0: okay. Did I say Expo Square? Excuse me. These SageNet Center. Well, it's still the
1: Expo Square, but that's the... but
0: but their new sponsor... So it's only appropriate that we're starting with the world in front of the world's largest freestanding statue um, here at Twenty First and Pittsburgh in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because we're going to the world's tallest Christmas tree. Let's find out a little bit about it. The keystone of our event, the one, the multi-event experience needed, is the world's largest, or excuse me, tallest, fresh-cut Christmas tree, measuring at
2: an astonishing one hundred and forty. Feet tall. That is wild. Gotta ask though, since it just in this season of our podcast, this is the second attraction that we've gone to that can be measured in terms of how tall it is, comparing it to the Buddha statue that we went to. So framing it in a similar way, I gotta ask you, Hunter, if this thing were able to look into uh, a building, (laughs) which which floor would it be looking into? Well, (laughs) you saying that makes me hope
0: that this tree actually has eyes. I guess, what, 140, yeah, that'd be the 14th floor, correct? Yeah, so, well, yeah, what, uh, I, I think that it gets weird, because where would the eyes on the tree be? Yeah, You know, yeah. like, it might be the 13th floor. We Yeah, exactly, we do not know where a tree's eyes are. Hopefully, we'll answer that question today. So, the the obvious question is, why? And thankfully, the one Christmas tree has provided the answer. I'm on their website. The one began as a passion project in the hearts of an Enid, Oklahoma family. We wanted to bring the community together during the holidays and stir up that classic, heartwarming Christmas spirit feeling. We set out to capture the hearts and minds of our town, championing our keystone piece, the Christ tree, a 140 feet tall, live-cut Christmas tree. Um, For your perspective, the ever-famous Rockefeller Christmas tree averages 77 feet. So this ombre is twice as tall... Doubling
1: those motherfuckers up. To hell
0: with that... Um, But this isn't who's got the biggest tree. Well,
1: evidently it is. Somebody's finally putting the Rockefellers in their place, you know? And it's Enid, Oklahoma.
0: You know, it's taken well over 100 years to put the Rockefellers (laughs) in the place. Um, But this isn't about the biggest tree. The tree is a marker for the, the true one, the immeasurable one god the massive tree containing yeah, countless yeah Pat's turning around <laughs> um, the massive tree containing countless sprigs of fir also represents us in our communities no two prig- sprigs are the same and they come together to form a magnificent site each one is unique Yet an, an integral part of the whole, just as we are described in one, Corinthian, in, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter twelve. I almost sounded like Donald Trump there, one Corinthians. <laughs> um, when you're gathered with your family, surrounded by our beautiful Christmas—so many good books, yeah. Um, partaking in the fun events planned, we hope you remember Sole Deo Gloria. All glory be to God. May you may you find your joy, hope, and peace through Christ, not only this holiday season but every day. So this is right up Pat's alley, obviously. Mm hmm so gentlemen um besides the world's tallest christmas tree what are you expecting out of this experience um I've that's never, about I've it <laughs> n-
1: i've never been to enid so i have no idea um i don't think i ever have either um
0: not that that really is here
1: or there i'm, I'm very interested in one aspect of this and that is in a windstorm a couple weeks ago the top of this bastard got blown off oh no huh so is it even 140 feet tall anymore they put it back on and i don't know how this is happening so i'm very interested in seeing what the current situation is like if they got people like 100 feet uh-huh. up in the air with two by fours nailing this it's thing, nailing to, the like, thing like, connecting on. it back together or if it's like yeah what, what what did they do kind of makes me wish that we showed up for that
2: for the I, repair I would tree. like
1: to see the repair personally Yeah, about, maybe
2: the Buddha statue showed up and uh, landed, landed a hand like uh, like um,
0: like at the end of Ghostbusters 2 yeah with the, uh, with the Empire State Building yeah
2: so, so what about you Gary how do you feel about this uh, well I mean you, you say other than the world's largest Christmas tree but I mean based on what we're hearing it's kind of hard to separate the whole experience from the world's largest Christmas tree otherwise you're just going to Enid <laughs> Which is really all we're doing. This was just a this was just an excuse for us to
0: go to eat it. All of us have been pining
2: to get to oh, eat it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like sorry Gary, sorry uh, Pat. Uh, the whole one largest Christmas tree thing was a sham. I just wanted to bring you all out the good old Eaton America.
1: I am curious,
2: on this tree, you know, it's
1: decorated. Did they like if they did it with any ornaments? Did they use regular size ornaments or do you think they had to have like custom made giant ornaments made? What's these are, going on? And these there? are
0: all good questions. Does it have lights? It um, does have lights because okay. I've seen a picture of it at night. Okay, then that's good. And whenever you have the world's largest Christmas tree, how do you choose between going more glam or going more
1: comfy? I'll tell you what's really interesting to me is the fact that they decided to go live instead of artificial. Because mm-hmm. so if they went artificial, then they could do it every year. And if
0: they went artificial, it wouldn't have to stop at 140 feet. Yeah. The, they uh, could keep growing every year. Well, wouldn't that be wonderful if the world's largest freestanding structure wasn't uh, whatever the whatever the thing is in the UAE. The, the, yeah, the giant tower. Yeah, the giant tower in the UAE. It's actually a Christmas tree needed in Oklahoma. Yeah. Man, that would be so cool. So... It seems pertinent given what we're talking about. Um, I assume you all are Christmas tree guys. I, I certainly hope y'all are Christmas tree guys. What's a Christmas tree guy? Just as someone who appreciates the
1: presence of a Christmas tree in their home.
0: Oh sure, Brian, why
1: not? I don't. I don't have anything against a Christmas tree in a home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, you you argue passionately. Strongly. I, just, <laughs> I, I, I don't believe a Christmas tree
0: belongs in a home. It belongs outside. Um, Alright, so do you guys believe... What is kind of your Christmas tree flavor? Strawberry. Okay. Um, Here's the thing. It was an opinion question, so there was no incorrect answer, and that was the incorrect
1: answer. (laughs) Uh, um, I think, for me... I I can really go two ways with it. Like One, like, super classic look, Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, not... Overly decorated, but you know, tastefully done. Right. But there is a time and place for just this fucking tree doesn't have a square inch of unused real the, estate yeah. because there is so much shit on it. I th- and I think it depends on the room. Yeah, I um, agree.
0: There's definitely the There's definitely the tree as you're describing wherever you put um, decorations from all of your favorite football teams and even you know, sport, sporting teams that you don't care about, but you just like the tacky decorations. So a tacky Christmas tree, that would definitely be the, like the living room where you watch TV, or the man cave, or the bar, or the downstairs basement, something like that. Um, I don't really care for designer trees at, you know, just, not, it's not like I'm morally opposed to them, I'm just not a big designer tree guy, but that would be where, what you'd put in the living room. Where, a no designer one really tree, good. a brand of tree, <laughs> a specific... A, des- a, a, des- fir- a designer tree I would be, to- it's like, it's usually the ones wherever it's um, either white or kind of a palish green, it's white lights, and then it's all sequential decorations. All the decorations mashed together. It's the kind you would see in a really ritzy catalog. Okay. Um, whereas the one you're describing, which is more my taste, would be the multicolored lights um, and then just the random decorations. So, which that, if, if, if I only could do one, it would definitely be that one.
2: Gary, I can tell, is definitely a guy who wants OU stuff all over his tree. Uh, not necessarily. I, I, I guess to give a serious answer to this question, uh, I, as I've kind of gotten older and I've started, like, I bought my own house and living on my own, I've kind of come to appreciate kind of a more miniature Christmas tree that's still decorated in kind of a more traditional and conventional sense of having lights and ornaments and stuff, but... Uh, sometimes space can be a little bit limited, so I think that there's something to be said for kind of more miniature trees that take up less space, and uh, uh, being someone that owns two cats, uh, cats have this thing with Christmas trees where they attack on site and they can destroy the whole thing in a matter of 20 or 30 minutes, so having something that's a little bit smaller can mitigate some of that damage that you know is going to come.
0: Um, that's what she said think about that for a second yeah, um i got it <laughs> thank you hunter uh we lost so many listeners with that comment um it's interesting so we interest- picked up a bunch of which you know he's got a big ass he's got a big ass base so <laughs> we're fine with that lowest um, common denominator kind of so thing. speaking of lowest common denominator why is it the cats will attack a christmas tree but if you were to take them outside and there were say a fir tree they would leave the fir tree alone why do we, why do you think
2: that is Gary as a cat owner I, I don't know it's a good question I think I think part of it is um, uh, the Christmas tree isn't like firmly planted in the ground when it's in your living room I think cats can kind of sense that oh if I go after this thing it'll topple over whereas just a tree outside I mean I think they can kind of get a sense of if, if I go running headfirst at this thing I'm not, I'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna cause it to wobble at all I, I think cats just in general thrive and crave destruction. Thank
1: you. So. I, my thought on this is they recognize the importance of one of the trees <laughs> yes. and that the other one is not important. And because the one is important, they find it's their place to make sure everybody knows they don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, I think it's a variation on both of your thoughts because none of us are really wrong given the topic is cat's. Um, we could. We're all correct. I think that it's not just a delight. They're craving destruction. I think that they realize that the tree is precious to you, and they don't want you to
2: love anything more than you love them. animal. And so they're going to take it out. And, and also, cats have a sixth sense about getting into shit that they know you don't want them getting into. So yeah, the Christmas tree is probably at the very top of the list of shit you don't want your cats getting into. And the cats can sense that. They know that. Do you think that's because what
0: I said is they don't want you to have anything that is precious to you besides them, or do you think it's more of establishing
2: dominance? I I think it's more of just the kind of old curiosity, kill the cat kind of thing. They just, they want that, like, when they see something new, and the Christmas tree is something new, it's obviously, it's something there that's only going to be there at most one month out of the year. If it's something new, they want to know well, what the what the hell is this thing? I gotta go check it out. You're giving people a lot of credit.
0: That, that tree's only up for a month out of the year. <laughs> well, so that's what I was gonna say. Some people actually have a Christmas room. Well, um, well, Mick Foley being one, because he's a bit he's, even, he's so into Christmas. He's a big Santa guy, right? He's a big Santa. He's so into Christmas. The pro wrestler Mick Foley. He named his daughter Noel. Um, and, uh, it actually has a, a year-round Christmas room. To me, I think that reminds me of the... It's the Christmas classic, uh, Elmo Saves Christmas. If you all, uh, recall Elmo Saves Christmas... Sure. He, uh... It, it's kind of it's of the of the subgenre of Christmas movies. the Save I'm, Christmas movies. Is I'm the more worst. of an earnest saves Christmas. Right. Actually, that wasn't on the agenda, but we're going to talk about <laughs> the saves Christmas subgenre. That's the name of this episode: is uh, Roadside Warriors Save Christmas. Um, but Elmo, if you recall, Elmo actually had to save Christmas from himself because Elmo made a wish that Christmas would be every day, and then as a consequence, um, it lost its specialness. Ipso facto, uh, Elmo had to go back and then re-wish that Christmas was not every day. Um, so, mm. really, Elmo didn't save Christmas. He just cleaned up his, his own mess. Cleaned his own shit up. <laughs> cleaned his own shit up. Mm. That, that, that's a good That's a title for this. Elmo had to clean his shit up. Um, so, what were we even talking about? Oh, in regards to the Christmas room. Uh, so, of the sub-genre of saves Christmas, what what is y'all's favorite? Pat already told us his and it's the correct answer there really is no other correct answer but Gary do you have a different one uh, I've, I've gotten totally thrown off by does Scooby do ever save Christmas I think all I think every
1: popular character has saved Christmas okay, cool. at time yeah just, just out of curiosity I, gonna, I can't think of a whole lot of saves Christmas off the top of my head yeah, you know, because Ernest really just well. Ernest up.
0: saved Christmas. You'll note that there was not there was not a saves Christmas movie after that because Ernest saved it and it's, it's effectively saved. Now it's
1: technically, somebody saves Christmas in Year Without Santa Claus, right?
0: Which, okay, that even if it doesn't have the title, that is that falls in the sunshine. The sunshine and does
1: Tim right? Allen save Christmas in? That's Santa a good point. Claus? That's a good
0: point. Yeah. Is every Christmas movie about that's saving effect, Christmas? fact, it well, because Fred Claus every. Christmas. What about
1: that Kirk Cameron one? Um, I Which one? The one where he, you know, the one that's all about the reason for the season kind of shit instead of, like, the commercial thing. He, I, Kirk Cameron's crazy. Kirk, yeah. Well, he's saved a lot of things. <clears throat> Kirk Cameron has saved
0: a lot of things. I'm trying to think. Um, you might be right... In regards to majority of Christmas movies, are ultimately just about them saving Christmas. Home Alone he doesn't save Christmas. Yeah, um, Home Alone does. He just protects his fucking house. Um, people will say, "Oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie," and they and they think like it. People who say Die Hard's a Christmas movie and like they stand on it. It's okay, we get it. You know, it, it's it's settled. it, 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 it it's is settled. a Christmas it's movie, settled. but like I don't give a shit. Well, okay, or... that that was just a, a, a side note. Would that qualify as a saves Christmas? I think so.
1: No, because he doesn't like. I think the whole thing with with the saves Christmas genre is they have to save Christmas for everyone. They they're not, not just, specifically themselves. Yeah, Christmas uh, Tower. Uh, yeah, uh, Christmas
2: was only saved for the people in Macintosh. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so while Die Hard or, for that matter, Batman Returns are indeed both Christmas movies, they are not saves Christmas movies. I'm glad we made this distinction. Um, what else? The Flintstones saved Christmas. What
2: about the Jetsons? Did the Jetsons save Christmas? Um, probably. The, the, the funny thing about the Flintstones saving Christmas, or even having a Flintstones Christmas special, this all happened before yeah. Jesus, right? You know, I don't really think I, it's... Either. Have the
0: Flintstones, uh, have Flintstones year ever really been established? Well, I
2: mean, clearly it's happening <laughs> but, when dinosaurs are alive.
1: I mean, they're the modern Stone Age family. Yeah, it's yeah. So I mean, that gives us something of a timeline. So what else? Uh,
0: yeah, the Santa, the Santa Claus. Um, I don't think Elf would qualify. Though it's been long enough no. since I've seen it.
1: He go- Santa goes down in Central Park, and he has to save him from the Central Park Rangers, and. Saves Christmas by so, getting okay. the Christmas cheer meter up, so the sled can fly and deliver presents. Okay. If he doesn't do that, Christmas is done. okay. Then that is a saves Christmas movie. Um, all right, fantastic. That's.
0: Uh, do we have any other thoughts on the Save Christmas thing before we take a quick break and then go into the greatest Christmas movie of all time? Which is not a saves Christmas movie. It, well, yes, but based on our that that is your clue, folks. Whenever you're on this commercial break and you're pondering what is it going to be. Um, so if you all don't have any further thoughts yeah, on that... Christmas Carol isn't a, uh, saves Christmas. No. I guess he it, saves it for himself. He saves his soul. Yeah. He's, he saves his, uh, pathetic soul. Same with Buffett's Christmas Carol. Like <laughs> all right, All, folks. all the genres of that one. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break, but we will be right back to discuss the greatest Christmas movie of all time. What is it? You only have to wait about 30 seconds to find out. See you in a second. So, we may not have enough room in the car to take all of you roadies with us, but that doesn't mean you can't join us on our journey. To follow along on all of our road trip adventures, follow us on Facebook at Roadside Warriors Podcast or on Instagram at Roadside Warriors Pod. Welcome back, folks. So, do you have any guesses on what the greatest Christmas movie is of all time? Well, the correct answer is, gentlemen?
1: Christmas Vacation. Yes. Christmas Vacation.
0: We debated talking about Christmas movies in general, but we thought, well, we're going to go see a big-ass tree, and a big-ass tree is, in fact, a central component of Christmas Vacation. The Griswold family tree. The Griswold family tree. So, um, do you, Gary, because obviously Pat feels this way, I, 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 I can get there. Do you feel that this is indeed the greatest Christmas movie?
2: Uh... In terms of broad, broad appeal, I would say so. I mean, there's going to be niches of people that prefer kind of the old-timey, like, It's a Wonderful Life and Miracle on 34th (laughs) Street kind of movies. But in terms of extremely, like, broad widespread appeal, I think it's got to be Christmas Vacation. That's fair. Um, I think Christmas Story is probably a close second. I don't know that it's like...
1: My favorite one, or anything like that, but I think that it would probably, if you ask people what their favorite was, that would probably come in second. I think. Well, I think it's a wonderful.
0: Life would probably be f- first or second, but if you, but wait, yeah, so, like, if you ask
1: exclusively people at I like, like a fucking retirement home or something <laughs> like that, if you include anybody under the age of sixty, then
2: you're going to yeah, end yeah. up with something else. I, although, I like. For It's a Wonderful Life, it is kind of fun to go back and watch that with kind of a more critical eye because you can pick up on a lot of stuff like uh, George Bailey's kind of a dickhead, the whole movie. Real
0: real jerk. Real jerk that George Bailey. Okay. I dunno what I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs>
1: Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation. Yeah, focus on, you cr- focus on Christmas
0: vacation. Um, do you all feel that this is the greatest of the vacations? No. Interesting. Okay, so it is the greatest Christmas movie. But it's not the greatest vacation. Second second best
1: Christmas uh, for second best vacation. And maybe. I assume the best it would be the first. Yes, absolutely. And I give it that like almost exclusively for that scene when uh, they stop to have the picnic, <laughs> and Clark Griswold is slapping himself in yes. the face with that sandwich and they find uh, out the dog beat all over it. <laughs> it's so good. But and that just keeps eating herbs. <laughs> Um, Christmas Vacation is the is number two in the Vacation series, but number one as far as Christmas movies. Number matter. one in your heart. It is. So what
0: I enjoy, what I like about Christmas Vacation is it's one of those, you are so consumed by the broad laughs. There's a lot of little things that you miss, and then if you watch it, if you make it an annual tradition, you'll pick up on the things oh, yeah. that you missed in prior
1: years. And That's one of those ones where... I, there are so many things from that movie that have uh, like just latched themselves onto my brain and become part of my like vernacular. Where I I swear, anytime I'm walking in a uh, large store of any kind, I'll point at something and be like, "I'm gonna get you something real nice." <laughs> like I can't not do it. Uh, for me, it's
0: shitters full. Well. Yeah. That that's 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 a nice one to insert in basically
2: any conversation. Always appropriate. Uh, Since since Thanksgiving wasn't that long ago, uh, I I was helping uh, my relatives on Thanksgiving Day prepare their turkey, and uh, I had to throw in a "Save the neck for me, Clark." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like it's
1: the movie is like exceedingly quotable. Mm -hmm. So many quality lines in that. So most of them coming from Cousin Eddie. Because he is. Yeah, no,
0: naturally. Incredible. Naturally, but really everyone got something. You yeah. know, every, everyone got their moment. For sure. Um, as far as like one of those hidden lines that you may miss the first time is like that time whenever Cousin Eddie is is, uh, is uh, like patting Rusty on the back and he's like, hey, let's go find your sister. Like something, <laughs> like it's one of those things you may not notice that the first time, um, but then, you know, during a 17th viewing, you
1: catch it. Right and just like the little throwaway lines like when he cuts the rope for that uh, for the tree mm-hmm. like a lot of sap in yeah, here yeah a lot of sap
0: i will say this though um, the the part where he sprays with the experimental spray and then goes down the sled that's it that feels like it's a different movie
1: yeah it is a little bit of a, it stands out a little bit from I, the rest of the movie i kind of forget
0: that
2: scene's even in the movie
0: yeah it's not funny and it and it seems like the, even though it is very toilet bowl humor, that, that movie, it is still smart and still clever. And that felt very I, I say this with due reverence, that felt like that felt very earnest. That felt very <laughs> earnest. Well yes. it also
2: felt almost like a shot for shot kind of retread of that scene in the original Vacation where he falls asleep at the wheel and they somehow end up at their hotel. <laughs> the uh, Glad yeah, that's not us. Like I said, uh, it just felt—it felt like a completely different movie. But
0: otherwise, um, yeah. Oh, another another line that I feel like we've all used in any context is, "I don't know, Margo." Yeah. <laughs> Where
1: are you going to put a tree
0: like that? <laughs> <laughs> Bend over, and I'll show you. What I, a lot of nerves! Like that. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. What I love about um, what I love about the overarching series is the running theme is that Clark is is ultimately a good person but he's a very flawed human being and he just wants to make things perfect but he is also he, he's also very lecherous he's not he's not a super faithful person that scene where he's
1: talking about uh, lingerie sales right play. you can't <laughs> see the lines <laughs> <Navy Russ>. <laughs> <laughs> my wife <laughs> rest her soul <laughs> the uh the jelly of the month club now, one thing I did notice... Um, I was actually watching this last night. In was, preparation or just... No, we just happened to decide to watch that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's good because I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. So, I noticed one thing. When, he's, when he gets stuck in the attic. Mm-hmm. At one point, his legs fall through the roof mm-hmm. onto the bunk bed. Why didn't he just
2: finish that out and just get out of the fucking (laughs) attic. I've I've always felt that way about it. I mean, it's like damage has already been done at this point. You're already
1: going to have to pay someone to come out and fucking
2: fix that so just make it one big hole instead
1: of two small ones. The reason being is because that would have deprived us of the
0: much greater gag of him being completely dressed in women's clothing and (laughs) and, and, And sitting on the latch and sitting on the latch and one can only imagine how painful that must have been. Um, (laughs) that, That... Their bones would have been broken. Okay, so since you are, uh, because obviously we're all familiar with it, but since you have watched it within the past 24 hours, um, besides that, did anything else from this stand out to you that you...
1: Well, I do have another uh, constant comment that I make, which is one that I hear from everyone. No, not the team. Um, It's the gift that keeps on giving all year long, Clark. Anytime anybody gets something that's like... Yeah. Oh, socks or something like that. Yeah. Wow, that's the gift that keeps on going. Right. Like,
0: um, another... I'm going to totally screw this up, but it's something like... You know, gets kicked by a mule, eyes like, go crossed, <laughs> falls, down, fall down, falls yeah. down a well, eyes go back, I, I don't know. know, I don't, I don't
1: know. <laughs> that... I do love when he... That same scene that i was talking about earlier where he and eddie are walking in that fucking store and eddie has to
2: put like yeah, he's 150 pounds his... yeah. of dog food on that cart okay i got i got two things the first one uh probably a lot of people probably forget that it actually comes from christmas vacation but it's something that people use all the time you serious clark so oh, yeah. You know, San, saying, San. That, that, that's San. something that you can say in just about any context. It doesn't no. have to be a Christmas. No, right. And then the second one is one of my favorites. Uh, early on in the movie where Clark's still, like, at work and his <laughs> boss walks ass. by and all of his underlings walk by. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> kiss, kiss my ass. Merry Christmas. Kiss his ass. His kiss his ass. Kiss your own ass. ass. Happy Hanukkah. So, Well, and speaking of little things, and that's
0: seeing... Clark has a Taz mug and (laughs) and it just goes to show and it's the the little things it just goes to show he's such an earnest dad not earnest people. he's such just an earnest genuine person and he's just such a dad (laughs) but at the same time he's the last true family man he's 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 the last true family man but at the same time he just has a switch and so that's what makes it so funny is he's very much a man out of time even in 1990 89 um he he's, he wants to be the uh, the leave it the Ward Cleaver like a leave it to Beaver kind of guy, but it's just a, a switch flips, and he's also perverted, and so that's what makes him such a brilliant character. Um, in regards to Randy Quaid in general and particularly his Cousin Eddie, is I remember a quote about Gary Busey being it's hard to tell whether he's just pretending to be crazy or if he genuinely is insane, and I think that is. Part of the key to Randy Quaid's genius I, is fairly yeah. legitimately <laughs> well, in no, he he insane. Well, he, he, no, is he, he is legitimately insane, but was he insane the way cousin Eddie is insane? Or was or, or was he giving a
2: genuine I mean, you, you, do not you, understand, you, understand you, what I'm you asking? You could make the argument that cousin Eddie is <laughs> like a toned-down version of yes, Randy Quaid. It's, right. it's
1: true. That's it. Uh, the pilot in Independence Day. <laughs> is that the same character is that cousin eddie did is he clean it? up clean up like that,
0: that's 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 a it's, good question is basically the same. well yeah. yeah and i i guarantee that they were just like hey we need it we need it we need a role in amateur and dean devil and we we're like hey we need just kind of a scruffy trailer park trash kind of guy hey let's just get let's just get randy quaid and just have him play cousin eddie that is an interesting insight so um on the subject of christmas comedies how do you all feel about Scrooged? I, oh. Yeah, okay, you're I'm good. It. Because I love Christmas Vacation, but I think Scrooged, I prefer
1: Scrooged. And I prefer Christmas Vacation, but Scrooged, I think, is wildly underrated. No one talks about it. Right. Because um, Christmas Vacation has more pratfalls.
0: It has that kind of humor going for it. Uh, Scrooge doesn't really have, it, have that. But that may have been the, except for uh, Groundhog Day, that would have been one of the last great Bill Murray as Bill Murray performances before he went indie and started, you know, became the the Bill Murray we know today. As far as just a genuine Meatballs era, Ghostbusters era, smart-ass Bill Murray performance, that was one of the
2: last
1: and one of the greatest. No, it's definitely an awesome Christmas movie. I think that, you know, I think that part of what makes a lot of Christmas movies go unnoticed in general is so many of them are just a reskinned version of Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. So, like, they all kind of blend together in the end. People don't, like, pick one out over the others other than not the Christmas Carol is the best. Um, but, like, I think that that makes some movies kind of... Uh, it's it, it, Well, it's one of
0: those things, you have something, that being a Christmas Carol, which exists in the public domain, it is... Uh, Evergreen—it's always yep. you are always going to have an audience for it. You don't have to pay the rights for it. So yeah, why don't you just—you know—rip it off? It's kind of like Hamlet—is hey, let's rip it off and set it in space or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, interesting insight. Um, Gary, would you say as far as the comedies, Christmas comedies are concerned, is Vacation your number one, or do you have any contenders?
2: <laughs> well, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. I, I, cons- like, I like. Christmas Vacation a lot in the sense that I acknowledge that it has very broad appeal. In terms of my personal favorite, uh, I've latched on to Bad Santa in the past decade or That's so. A, yeah. that, is a, that is a
0: that is a fine choice. Wow, Thurman. <laughs> what, your name is Thurman
1: Nerman. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what is it with you and those sandwiches, kid? <laughs> I don't want any sandwiches. What is it with <laughs> you and fucking sandwiches? See, um,
0: that That's was crazy. a really... That movie was originally intended for Bill Murray, and it would have been a different movie. I think it would have been a fine movie. It would, it wouldn't have been right. No, Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, <laughs> he fucking is He's a horrible, horrible person. person. Yeah, yeah. That, um, that, that's a fine, scary. I, I concur with that. Um, can't really repeat most of the lines personally, just because we are talking,
2: you know. But, um, so yeah, excellent choice. Yeah, I mean, we, like, we're, we're recording a, an explicit podcast where we regularly swear, and, like, I even, I, I don't feel comfortable <laughs> reciting yeah. a lot of the lines from Mad Santa. <laughs> um, alright, so does anyone
0: have any further thoughts on uh, Christmas comedies? Christmas comedies? I mean, we I mentioned know. it, we mentioned Ernest Saves Christmas, set just kind of in passing, but I, I'd say as far as the Ernest genre, the Ernest style
1: good stuff. Yeah, I, I think that as far as far as uh, where Christmas Vacation is number two in the vacation series, Ernest saves Christmas could be gunning for the number one spot in the Ernest well, series. Well, we've talked about this. I and I think it in the past. I'm both a scared student. Guy. Guy. Yeah, but scared, like stupid, I can yeah. I can see people opting for saves Christmas.
2: Right.
0: Um, and remind me, Gary, you and Ernest got.
2: Uh, I, I I haven't seen the entire Ernest and. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen Ernest Saves Christmas. I've seen and I've seen Ernest Scared Stupid, but that's about it. Yeah, they're very much meant for children,
0: and or, I, us. or immature adult males. Well, it does make you wonder because they all always had bad reviews, um, and so it makes you wonder if had we watched them from a different perspective, coming at them from the adult perspective they're, they're new at the time. If we had felt the same way, no. or well, maybe if you just have a sense of humor and you you know don't have a stick up your butt, shocking, shockingly, Roger Ebert wasn't crazy about yeah. Ernest. Oh, well, you know, really, none of them. Um, they you know they always said, "Oh, it's childish," you know, pure sure. humor, To which I'm just kind of thinking, what There's did a you pl- fucking expect? Well, if that is all you consume, then I then I agree with you. It's it's probably not healthy to ex- consume exclusively that style of content. Um, but just as a nice little after-dinner mint, uh, an after-dinner mint of palate cleanser, a palate cleanser, uh, yeah, a palate cleanser of sorbet Ernest. between courses. Yes. <laughs> Ernest is a nice sorbet between <laughs> per, between courses. Uh, what else on the Christmas comedy genre? It's well, kind of light. Elf. I see. This may get me thrown out of the car. I, I'm just not a big Will Ferrell guy. Okay.
1: I mean, I can I can see where somebody might not like Will Ferrell. I think that he's pretty funny. I I have over the years gotten had a shocking like change of opinion on uh, John Favreau. Mm-hmm. who I believe directed. Him. Yes. Um, I used to not like him at all, like early 2000s, right. and over the past shit two decades, wasn't expecting that. So yeah, to come wow. up he has grown on me tremendously and I really appreciate his work and I think that Elf is one of those ones that he definitely, uh, did a great job directing it. And I
0: Yeah, um, and, well, and it definitely had, it, people, whenever people think about, they think of Will Ferrell and Will Ferrell's performance, but really, a key component of that movie was, uh, Jon Favreau's direction, particularly the decision to mimic the Rankin-Bass style. Yeah. Um, which if you watch the Netflix documentary uh, movies that movie, or holiday movies that made us um, actually was pretty contentious and at various points in time it almost shut down production I'm trying to mimic that Rankin-Bass style but that was a, a critical creative decision yeah. so I can acknowledge Elf as a good holiday film with the asterisk that I don't like Will Ferrell that much and I don't like his brand of comedy in the same way some like we were just talking about Ernest People don't like Ernest's
1: brand of comedy, so... Another quality uh, Christmas comedy, Home Alone. Right. That's a... You're, of course, referring to the new Disney
0: Plus, made-for-Disney Plus film... Home uh, Sweet Home Uh, Alone. Home Home Sweet Home Home Alone. I I haven't watched that yet,
1: but I have really mixed feelings about this because it has Rob Delaney in it, who I think is, like, the funniest dude on the planet, Mm -hmm. and... He makes generally terrible things, but he's very funny, so I might have to Might have had to point. squeeze that in. Um, I watched, I watched uh, Jingle All the Way a couple days ago. Pretty solid. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, I, well, it's similar. Here's what I'll say is it falls apart. The comedy falls apart whenever at the very end, whenever he does the Turbo Man thing. Yeah. Um, but up until that, I actually think it's not a gut buster, but I think it's reasonably free. Funny film I mean it has Sinbad in it yes. what else do you need during, uh, during the glory days of Sinbad that's another one that I'll quote from on occasion I mean, it, one may occur to me as we go along here I can't get any off the top of my head you so said you could eat
1: my cookies yes I say that all the time <laughs> That, another one that people say all not, regardless of circumstance it's one of those things is if you
0: drop a I don't know Vargas someone will know what you're talking about but if you say, say like, people are like talking? <laughs> you have to do it in the Arnold Awards. Yeah, people I mean, will o- be like of
1: course oh yeah he's quoting Jingle all the way <laughs> uh yeah I, to be honest that one is not super quotable like other Christmas movies I think through repetition and stuff like that have become incredibly quotable. That one, not really. I
0: wonder what... Because that one seemed pretty tailor-made to take off. I think it may have just been... And I love the guy, but I think it may have just been Arnold in a comedy like that was a bridge too far for people. And therefore it didn't become a... It didn't become part of the uh, Christmas vernacular, if you will.
1: Yeah it's odd I think if there isn't anything about it that like stands out as like wildly worse than other Christmas movies but it also doesn't have the same I don't know like it, heartwarming appeal that a lot of them yeah it, yeah It
0: may maybe it just it's, it, it, it stays in its lane but then again it's showing up on TNT so maybe it's due for a reappraisal yeah. um now, we were, we, I, just so it doesn't get completely out of control, we'll stick with Christmas comedies. Um, there are a lot of really terrible ones, and there was a time whenever it seemed like basically every year a new terrible one was being made, and they were just they were releasing it into the wild and hoping it was going to take off. Um, did either of you ever see Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck? I think that's generally
1: considered the worst. I did not see that. I've, I can think of a couple of those that I have seen. Though. I've never even um, heard of that. Office Christmas Party. Okay. That I've heard of. Not very good. The Night Before, also not very good. Um, I'll tell you one that's, that does not get any real talk, but should, for Christmases... And that's the Vince Vaughn, Vince one. Vaughn, yeah. Reese Witherspoon, John Favreau. Uh huh. Um, very funny. Okay. I was I watched that one the other day and was very surprised at how good it was. Um, also watched that fucking uh, Deck the Halls. Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. Okay. Pretty pretty yeah. reasonably solid. It was pretty yeah. mediocre. I can see why it's not one that people talk about with any regularity. I think
0: the problem with the Christmas comedy genre is post... You were mentioning how every Christmas movie they want to just rip off Christmas Carol. I think post-Christmas Vacation, they all want to rip that off and make it about, look at all these hilarious holiday hijinks. What are they? What kind of wacky adventures are they going to get to next? And, and it just becomes
1: a pale imitation that but lacks energy. It have got a decent holiday uh, Christmas comedy. Um... I'll be home for Christmas starring Jonathan Taylor Thomas
0: <laughs> it's been a minute for me I remember not liking it but do tell
1: no it's uh, it's it's reasonably funny he has a uh, Santa suit like stuck on him out in the desert and has to work his way uh, work his way home
0: I think the way to to as I said to make a good one is to not either rip off something that worked before, i.e. Christmas Vacation, and try and just do, hey, it's wall-to-wall hijinks. The ones that stand out are each very individual. So, A Christmas Story, that's not really a a wacky wall-to-wall hijinks kind of comedy. It's just more of a situational, um, something that pretty much any child can relate to and their parents as well, so it has generational appeal. Whereas Vacation is more your wacky hijinks, and then Bad Santa is more just hard R-rated um, yes. Yeah, m- mature humor. Um, so the way to distinguish your comedy, which shouldn't be surprising, is to just make something unique. So my next question for you, gentlemen, is what style of Christmas comedy would you want to see next, and what one do you think would work? Ooh. I didn't know I needed to prepare any. Uh... Neither. Did, well, no. I mean, this this just occurred to me. Do, do we have any top of mind thoughts? I don't know, what? I th- well, okay, actually, this just occurred to me. We are having kind of a, a trend towards more earnest, and again, not earnest, but more earnest, genuine humor embodied by Ted Lasso. So I think a Ted Lasso-style Christmas thing would be well. a Christmas special. Yeah. Well, of course, it's set in Great Britain, and every and British TV always has the Christmas special. I think that, or maybe a, um, on the other end of the coin, a, uh, a Larry David or a Ricky Gervais a cervic cynical kind of Christmas thing yeah. that doesn't rely on hijinks. I think both of those; those are two that kind of the contemporary uh, comedy styles yeah. that would work within the within the shed subgenre.
2: Like Larry David saves Christmas. Who wouldn't show up for that? Oh, fuck! I'd watch the hell out of that. Let Larry David shows up with a sack full of toys, and then a, what's her name, Susie from? Uh, uh, Curb Enthusiasm just goes, that's it, Larry,
1: get the fuck out of here.
2: <laughs> All right. Um,
1: any
0: further thoughts on either Christmas Vacation or Christmas Comedy, Gentlemen, before we take a pause for the comments. You know,
1: I do feel like we've really failed on one part of the Christmas right. Vacation discussion. Yes. The fucking lights. We did this whole that's thing a, and yes. never even mentioned him spending yeah, half the movie they, trying lights, to put those fucking lights Clark. on. The yeah, are not
2: twinkling, Clark.
1: I, and what, I know Art.
0: Yeah, the, thank you, Art. And, then, and actually, that's when Cousin Eddie showed up. Yeah. I wouldn't be any more surprised if I found... Oh, wait, no, that was later. <laughs> then, maybe if I, found, I woke up with my head so...
2: Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, that...
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I well, oddly, enough, like, last night when we were watching it, I mentioned, I was like, why didn't I get a standing ovation and cheers and, like, people crying when I finished putting the lights on our house? And Liz rightly told me she did actually quote the movie, and I didn't even think about it. So, you know. Which is the greatest gift of all. Yeah. And, and, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Yes, that is, yeah, she
0: got you something real nice, Clark. <laughs> Um, All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the greatest Christmas comedy of all time. So shoot us an email at roadsidewarriors at gmail.com. But don't go anywhere, because when we come back, Pat and Gary will be competing in some Christmas trivia and true falls. Stay tuned.
1: Hey, roadies. Hope you're enjoying our most recent adventure. Do you have an idea for a future stop for the Roadside Warriors? Hit us up on any of our social media and let us know.
0: Well, you jolly old elves, we just had a very joyful time discussing Christmas comedies, but now we are going to have an even more festive experience, because Gary and Pat are going to compete in the 2021 Christmas Trivia Competition. I think it's Festiver. Yes. more Festiver. Yes. Festivalist. (laughs) Uh, so... The thing about this is there are a lot of Christmas Trivias, and what I discovered is they were either too easy or too hard, so naturally I opted for too hard, and what makes these even better for our two competitors is that they are not multiple choice. So I will try and uh, do what I can to help them out um, where necessary, but I'd really rather just this be a stream of consciousness, Pat and Gary just go for broke, no options, no choices. Just see what they can come up with so gentlemen are you ready let's do it ready as i'll ever be okay when did pink christmas trees become popular just all you have to do is the decade when did pink christmas trees become popular (laughs) and you have no multiple choices (laughs) we're
1: already off to a rip-roaring start
2: uh i'll say 1970s okay were they ever popular?
1: <laughs> Never? Is that enough? Yeah. You have to... Yeah. The 2000s.
0: Okay. So, your you're 2000s, your 1970s. Yeah. The correct answer, and makes sense if you think about it, the 1950s. So, God, I can't very, believe I don't remember that. Yeah, very Eisenhower-era America. <laughs> well, by uh, Price is Right rules, Pat and I both lost. Yeah. It's a shame that they had... I mean because the 1950s is a very anti-communist time and yet those Pico 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 trees um okay what is the this is gonna make you guys puke what is the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time <gasps> <laughs> the answer carried out the question and you that's back seems to covered covered so, highest-grossing Christmas movie of all time? Yes. And and to clarify, this is a Christmas movie, not a movie released during Christmas, so That'd it's not going to okay. be like... So, so it's not, not Avatar. Yes. Not Avatar or something like that. Um, a Christmas movie, highest-grossing. highest Disgusting, grossing. the answer. Here's your, here's your one clue. Is inflation is going to play a role and worldwide grosses are going to play a role? Okay, clue. the correct answer is 2018's The Grinch. Oh my goodness. Not How the Grinch Stole Christmas starring Jim Carrey. But oh, that the, fucking... Right. Highest grossing of all time, at least according to this quiz um, by Distractify. Like one, right? Yeah. And see, that what irritated me about that, I never saw it, but what irritated me about that is it just demonstrated our culture's short attention span is the name of the story is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's not the Grinch, it's how the Grinch stole Christmas, but we all have such short attention spans, um, we can't call it that. I feel like Gary is pining to talk about to, to mention his Grinch <laughs> the Grinch thing that he
2: thinks is so funny, dude. Well. <laughs> this is really uh apropos of nothing at all other than it has to do with the grinch but i always think there's this uh, almost, i want to think it was a vice article several years ago just talking about how there's a very depraved subsect of people in our society that are for, for lack of a better term they're sexually attracted to the grinch
0: right um the name of the article if memory serves is there are a lot of people out there who want to fuck Sure the name of the and, and, and that was all based on the Jim Carrey version. Yes. Um, something about him having like a, a dump truck ass. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. basically a Pixar mom. Yeah. And,
2: and, and they mentioned that he has big dick
0: energy. Yes. So, um, so there's that. Um, what 2019 Christmas movie got their name from a Wham Christmas song? Last Christmas. Yeah. There you go. Easy enough. I've seen that one. It sucked. I imagine. Okay, which country created eggnog?
1: Was it the Brits? Did the Brits do it? Gary, do you have anything? Um, Actually, it's decadent, so it's probably like the French or something like that. I'll say Ireland, I don't know. Okay, and then what is your answer, Pat? go to the Brits. Okay, we'll accept that
0: it's England. Um, So yes, England created eggnog. I'm kind of looking forward to the to the your answers on this. What were Frosty the Snowman's last words? Uh, avenge me. <laughs> I was gonna
2: say that avenge me. Um,
1: this <laughs> I'll be back again someday.
0: Yeah, that I mean that's that's the correct yeah. answer, yeah.
1: Avenge me.
0: <laughs> okay, this is kind of
1: you know, real quick the song specifically talks about this frosty was like super anti-police he fucking hates that cop interesting all snowmen hate
2: cops <laughs> just throwing that out there for everyone. frosty uh-huh. rolling around in an, an nwa yeah exactly like <laughs> yeah.
0: that's um that's an interesting insight we're gonna have to look look further all into my that. snowman
1: homies hate cops
0: yeah uh, okay what are the most popular Christmas colors green and red uh two two more
1: uh white off green and off red see <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've, we've we've had some quizzes before where everyone would assume
0: that yeah okay, like so it's true false and the answer's neither green red white purple green red gold and silver okay sure What I love about this question is um, it is extremely specific and it is not multiple choice. When did Charles Dickens publish a Christmas story or a Christmas carol? Now the answer they have is the exact year. I will only ask that you guys provide the decade. When did Charles Dickens
2: publish a Christmas carol? Someone's listening to this going like, Oh my God, you idiots! Yeah, I'm afraid to answer this one for fear of proving how ignorant I am about when Charles Dickens did. (laughs) Now I really, really really need to hear this. 1970. I'm going to guess that...
1: 1890s. I was going to say 1880s, so... Okay, 1843
0: is the correct answer, Okay, uh, you know what? I feel okay about the fact that We're in the right
1: century. You 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 guys were reasonably close. I was hoping that one of you would say 1760 or something. I don't know if I said 1790, that would be about as fucking close. Uh,
0: Okay. What is the best-selling Christmas song of all time?
1: Christmas shoes. (laughs) And from the Christmas donkey.
2: (laughs) Uh, No, no, it's got to be that Mariah Carey one, right? Oh, Um,
0: I'm for Christmas is you. I mean, within the next five years, that may be the Um, correct answer. I'm going to go
1: with uh, Wonderful Christmas Time. That
0: is an interesting query. And, And you're sticking with Mariah Carey, Gary? Uh, well, you, you've kind of already given me an indicator. Okay then, so you had, okay, then you have another one. <laughs>
2: he's
1: going to change from that. You're going to like, it's Mariah Carey. Yeah, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The correct
0: answer is White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, here's another Dominic one. The, uh, to, yeah, Dominic the... Yeah, Dominic. I, I said F
1: for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Dominic, yeah. Another, yeah. here. another one listening to the, Someone listening to this show. It's Dominic,
2: you dipshit. Fucking <laughs> moron. Well, see, I, I, was, I was thinking of that uh, family guy bit where right. Walt Disney originally called him Ephraim the, uh, <laughs> the, Retarded, movie, Rab- the Retarded Rabbit. Well, it would be uh, not Walt Disney, but so, uh, um, someone
0: from Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, okay, this is another one that would desperately, desperately needs multiple choice, and yet there aren't any multiple choices. What is the Dutch name for Santa Claus? (laughs) Fuck. Just go for it. (laughs) Just dive right in. Uh, Santa Claus. Um, no multiple choice. And I could, I could, like, make stuff up, and then you guys would, you know, inevitably guess which one is correct, just uh, because... Felschnickel. Felschnickel. (laughs) Felschnickel. Can you imagine uh, these people telling stories to their children about Velschniegel coming down the... That sounds, that sounds a little terrifying. Velschniegel is going to come down the chimney, children. Um, it well, is... you decide who's impish or brave, right? Yes. Uh, okay. It is Claus. So, I guess everyone was supposed to know that. Which U.S. state was the first to recognize Christmas as a national holiday? How does a state recognize a national holiday? Uh, I was kind of thinking that myself, so maybe it was just whenever it was acknowledged that... I don't know. I, I just don't know. Actually, it may make sense. This may make sense from a purely uh, alphabetical standpoint. That will be your clue. Alabama? Correct. Alabama was the first U.S. state to recognize Christmas as a national holiday. They were first. I guess. I mean, shit. Um, What was the first company that used Santa Claus in advertising? Coca-Cola. That would be my guess. That is correct. And I don't see how this is trivia, but okay. Which reindeer's name is also the name of a kitchen cleanser? Of a kitchen what? Cleanser. Comet. Comet, that is correct. Oh, it's Donder. (laughs) It's Plinzer. What town did the Grinch steal Christmas from? Whoville. okay. What? All the Who's who lived in Whoville loved Christmas and the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. Yeah. yeah, they were super into it. Um, what Christmas-themed ballet premiered in St. Peter's, okay, and then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to add another question because it's right here and here. Uh, when did the Nutcracker premiere? You just have to do the Decade.
2: anyone Nutcracker no premiere uh, 1790s I'll say the oh, 1820s it is the it is 1892
0: so there you go these are starting to get really easy what does Ralphie want for Christmas in a Christmas Stradrider Rider,
2: well this is ridiculous it says a blowjob job. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Santa, if you can't get me Then I'll, I'll take a bread rider <laughs> I, I want to play
0: Can you
1: imagine he's got that big look on his face That we all know Stops himself going down that slide Yeah. And Santa's What kid? What, what kid?
0: How old, kid how, how old are you? your um, How old are you? What toy does Buddy the Elf not like? Uh oh Check the box Okay yeah, I mean, you're right. Um, we're going to skip who are the three ghosts of Christmas Carol, because that's too easy.
1: Casper. <laughs> Slimer. Casper, yeah, S- Slimer, and Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> and Patrick Swayze from the 1990 classic ghost. Oh, I was hoping you'd be Dalton from Roadhouse or Ghost such a strange movie. <laughs> um, what did
0: Lucy want for Christmas in a Charlie Brown Christmas? To be loved.
1: Uh, well, this is Lucy, remember, so she doesn't give a shit about that. Inside, oh dear, she puts out a, on a false front. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know,
2: I have no fucking but... uh, clue. I don't even remember what a kiss from Schroeder or whatever. Probably real estate is the answer they have here.
0: Um. What's the the first rule in the Code of the Elves? Don't talk about Fight Club? Correct. Don't talk about Elf Club. Treat every day like Christmas. I'm going to ask this one. uh, Again, this is another one. No multiple choice. Who created the first Christmas card? Hallmark. Hallmark. It's a name of name of person. John F. Hallmark. Yeah, Something that, Halls.
1: Yeah, that's what makes this so stupid. His name's Henry Cole. And so... Oh, yeah, of course. Can't believe I didn't fucking know that. Where was that in history class? Okay, this is
0: pretty good. In the song, 12 Days of Christmas, what is given on the ninth day? Uh, Lord, nine so Ladies please, Dancing. Or, uh, Gary is correct. Nine Ladies Dancing. Okay. A uh, little bit of trivia here. How many lights were used on the Christmas vacation house? And I will give you three options 15,000, 25,000, 35,000, or 70,000.
2: 25,000. I'll say, yeah, I agree. That is correct. About uh, those little, all those 25,000 lights, they weren't
0: 20, 20. <laughs> What is the Christmas tree capital of the world? And you guys just have to name the state. I'll give you the city, but you guys just name the state. Christmas tree capital of the world. Oregon. I don't know. Okay, well, you have 50 options. I've been to South Dakota. There's no way. That's not. It is Indiana, Pennsylvania. So there's a city. in Which one's the state and which one's the city? What? Um, The city, Indiana, and Pennsylvania, which, another bit of trivia, is where, um, where Jimmy Stewart was born. When were gingerbread houses invented? You just have to name the century. (laughs) B.C. <laughs> it was invented by the uh, Flintstones. That <laughs> uh, was close the
1: 16th century. Oh, I thought if anything I shot fucking early on that one. Yeah. Huh. Let's see, some of these are pretty lame.
0: See, it's just, what was the most popular toy in 1984? How's that a Christmas question? White, right? I have no idea. Uh, cabbage Patch Kids. Of course. Um, Okay this is kind of interesting which president declared Christmas a national holiday
2: I'm gonna go Teddy Roosevelt okay interesting guess
0: Franklin Roosevelt (laughs) it is Ulysses S. Grant and I think we'll end on this when was mistletoe first used at Christmas just name the century
1: 16th century I'll somebody's say, looking for some action and decided to hang some leaves i'll say Ooh. i'll say 19th century the correct answer is the first century oh okay
0: fuck that yeah. y'all up y'all up and as yeah that's what he was thinking as he was yeah, saying yeah exactly the mistletoe. uh that was the original intent and then they had to scale
2: back and think <laughs> well, about kids maybe, and, maybe well let's just stick with the kid hey, hey we're
0: supposed to paint under the mistletoe baby <laughs> it's in the first century so English doesn't exist anymore so he says or it doesn't exist yet so he says it in Latin or something (laughs) Dominus (laughs) Pupinus banumus
1: (laughs) Bainamus No Gaius. Kissimus that's how you speak Latin Kissimus Kissimus
0: that's where the name came and ladies and gentlemen now you know how to speak Latin just add us at the end of everything okay um Let's do a little true and false. Sure. As long as I have, as long as I have internet connection. No, it's... Um, the term Xmas was just created in recent years. True or false?
2: I'm gonna say false. That how do you? All of course, what, what are we defining as recent years? Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm also gonna say false. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna click false.
0: Okay, this may be one of those we have to do everything. Okay. But 64% of people agree with you. Um, true or false less than 50% of Americans buy artificial Christmas trees
1: I'm gonna say false because it's exactly 50% yeah probably less than 50% buy artificial yes trying to think of the right way to phrase that how are they screwing with us here because my thought is less people buy artificial or like the numbers for artificial are a lot lower because people buy it once and never have to buy it again. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair. Point. So under I, the yeah under fifty percent buy. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily
2: an annual annual thing. Well, or if it is, they haven't indicated but that. It would probably be more accurate to phrase it as less than fifty percent of Americans have artificial yeah. Christmas trees. So we gonna go false. Let's go false. Okay.
0: 62% of people agree with you. Uh, the original Elf on the Shelf was named Fizby. True or false, I don't
1: fucking care. Elf on the Shelf is yeah, a Yeah, it's not a third option that we, we don't care. Yeah, we're going to skip that because who cares. Don't um, give a shit. Let's see what else we got.
0: Christmas Eve is the most popular shopping day during the holiday season. No, false. I tend to agree. Unless they, I mean... Depends on if you can't Black, Black Friday. Friday. Yeah, sir. do you can't Black Friday or not? Um, Silent Night is the most recorded Christmas song of all time. Nope, not the most popular, but the most recorded. Because we already know it is Beat Crosby's White Christmas. I'm gonna say true on that. That that works for me. I concur. And so do 72% of the readers. Okay, true or false? Oh, okay, that's stupid. Tell me more. (laughs) It was it said Bing Crosby played George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. Is the question?
2: Well, you know, Mister Potter. (laughs) There you go. That that was a flawless uh, Bing Crosby. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever
0: wanted to hear (laughs) Gary as Bing Crosby as George Bailey. Okay. This, uh, this is a pretty shitty little true-false. True. <laughs> <laughs> the, and then like 100% of 100%. Americans collectively spend more than $1 trillion on holiday shopping each year. $1 trillion what? Yeah, exactly. $1 trillion Bitcoin. $1 trillion dollars. U.S. dollars? I believe so. Okay. Because it has the U.S. dollar sign, okay. so I can only assume. But with inflation, that may mean that they only spend like 500 hundred. I going to say False. Also, also true. Oh god, what do what I do? do? I'm gonna go true. Uh I'm gonna see if I can just get these answers or if it's just gonna be one of those things they don't actually they never give you. you the answers. Yeah to hell with this. Ladies and gentlemen, we may never know the answers to the questions we've queried the, today. The real, the real quiz results were the friends with yeah, the local
2: If of. you know the <laughs> answers,
0: please let us know. Yeah, we discovered the true meaning yeah, of Christmas. Email us at roadsidewarriors <laughs> at gmail.com um, Alright, gentlemen. Do we have any uh, further thoughts on the Christmas trivia and true-false that we just
1: engaged in? Anything, anything that we've learned that we're going to keep no okay. I, well, I, so if I were you to... Could, you could ask me all of those <laughs> questions again I would I
2: would answer the exact same things I did this time because that, those were not it's part- already gone those were not particularly good quizzes which means that was probably one of the best sets of quizzes we've got on this show no joke because at least these actually had answers that were consistent with what they
0: were actually asked that last one didn't have answers at all and, and still it's yeah. one of the best quizzes we've <laughs> had. and yet it is still one of the best quizzes we found along I think what we've learned uh, today and. Um, over the course of this program, is there actually is a huge uh, market for quality
1: quizzes and quality trivia? Apparently, there's a huge market for terrible quizzes too, because there are a lot of those. And yeah, people must be taking them. So yeah,
0: well uh, we are. Uh, yeah, we are. All right. Well, that true/false sucked, but we are now entering Enid, Oklahoma. And I don't think this Christmas tree
1: will suck. Um, I'm I'm pretty stoked. Gentlemen, how do you feel about it? I think it's going to suck based on the fact <laughs> that we're pulling in. We're it's, so, yeah, apparently yeah. like seven minutes away according to GPS, and I don't see shit. We do this not... thing's supposed to be towering. Where is
2: it? It's all a giant lie. This, so, this, this thing's supposed to be so tall it ought to be able to peek in on me while I'm bathing from the 13th floor. <laughs> Sad. As Gary is prone to do, Gary, are you? How are you feeling about this? Uh, I'm getting pretty nervous. I'm not, <laughs> not, not, not sure what to do.
1: Uh, uh. uh <laughs> I mean, uh, seriously, where is this thing? It's bigger than anything out here by like a million feet.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are either going to find out that this is a giant tree, or the tree is a giant lie. So do not go anywhere because the the grand finale, the main event of our very Holiday special is coming up next. Don't go anywhere.
2: Hey there, roadies. Want to follow along on all of our roadside adventures? Then subscribe to the Roadside Warriors podcast on iTunes. Who knows? You may even feel like you're in the backseat with me.
0: Well, we are swaddled and waddling out of Swadley's Barbecue, and we are about to leave Enid, Oklahoma, uh, having concluded our very... Merry holiday special. Gentlemen, how did you feel about our trip to Enid starting with the world's
1: tallest Christmas tree? I think I expected more from the tree. It was, it was tall. It was a tall tree. Yeah. But was was it like impressively tall? I don't know. The,
0: um, the driving up to the tree was not super impressive. It just looked like a tree, right? Yeah. Um, but once we got out of the car and actually walked up to the tree, it was more impressive. I think, likewise, um, doing like a lighting ceremony or something like that, or if there, were, if there was more commotion versus just coming to it in, in the clear light of day, it was impressive in person. I think it would be more impressive uh, at night.
2: Yeah, coming to see it at <laughs> high noon probably didn't give us the full potential of what the one Christmas tree can be. I mean,
1: <clears> as far as
2: we could tell during the bright daylight, it was just a really tall Christmas tree that mm-hmm. probably stands out a lot more with its majesty at night as Hunter's saying. And to answer
1: a question from earlier it did it was decorated with larger than normal ornaments.
0: Yes, about head size ornaments. Um, some fast facts is it is, what, 26 feet in diameter? Um, I think we already mentioned 140 feet tall. It is actually, uh, from California, the tree. They got it from Shasta
1: National Forest. It drove here over uh-huh. 1,800 miles yeah. through six states, which yeah, so they, they, was not
0: surprising to find out. So, yeah, they don't have eyes, but they do have legs, and they do have driver's licenses. And I, you
1: said, yeah, okay, I was trying to... It was 26. I was trying to remember that thing correctly, Mm -hmm. that stupid sign.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think also... The, um... I think, because for context, the tree, there's a a bunch of smaller trees leading up to it, which is a nice, you know, scene. But it's basically in a parking lot, this tree. So I think... I was kind of hoping we would go in and be in the middle of a park or something like that. Or at a... Or at like an expo square kind yeah, of they, a convention center. Kind they did of thing. have
1: some sort of winter festival thing mm-hmm. set up with ice skating in a very small ice rink. Yeah, and some sort of Christmas market situation that was less than stellar. Um, but I think, yeah, yeah I, th- I think, uh, I
0: think where it was played a part into the situation also when we saw it. For instance, if you were to put that tree in downtown Tulsa or something like yeah. that, I think the experience... For instance, every year, uh, downtown Tulsa, the BOK Center, they do the Winterfest thing, They and they close that the entire street off for the month. If you were to put that tree right by Winterfest, I think that would be really cool. Um, but otherwise, yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely That said, it. I
1: think that the height like, of the tree would be a little less... Subs- like mm-hmm. it wouldn't feel as big it's in by uh, tall, taller in buildings. Good, the tall buildings, exactly.
0: So, potato patata, uh, definitely definitely worth seeing, particularly because now we can all add to our lifetime resumes that we have seen the tallest tree in the world, um, Christmas tree, in the world, Christmas tree, the t- tree, excuse in the world. me, tallest Christmas tree in the world. Um, any further? <laughs> Get out. Any further
1: thoughts on the tree? No, it was you know they decorated it thoroughly. It is yeah. covered. The trunk of the tree is basically entirely uh, consumed with wires. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's but it's substantial. It's big. It's not. I don't feel like it, the experience was overly impressive, but it was still like I'm not mad about it. Yeah, but I don't I don't know that it's worth like driving multiple hours to get to.
0: Yeah, a nice a nice hour and 51 minute drive, which is what we made. So yeah. perfectly
1: acceptable. Yeah, Anything longer than that. Hour and 53 minutes, just do something else. Wouldn't touch that with a yeah. 43 and a half foot pole. You know? <laughs> it's, uh, it's if you're into big trees and stuff, sure, but I don't know that I see it as like a must see kind of thing. You know? Yeah, it definitely if you're not. looking for a nice little like weekend drive, yeah. Why not? Though
0: see it at night. Yeah. That, if that'd you be can better. It. Yeah, try and see it at night. That'd be a better time to do it. What about you, Gary? Any any final thoughts on the fur?
2: Uh, I'm inclined to agree with Pat on just about everything. It's not exactly the sort of thing that I would drive two to three hours to specifically see, knowing what I know now. Uh, I would definitely make sure that you kind of have other things to do in the Enid area that you're kind of planning your adventure around as well. Uh,
0: Can't imagine
1: what those would be.
2: Yeah, uh, that'll, that'll be for uh, our roadies to figure out when they uh, make their Yeah, if anybody's plans. got anything good
1: and needed, let us know. Well, we, can, we can return if we have to. We'd but. be happy to do it. But man... Uh, I don't know. I didn't see a lot that was uh, a lot of attractions.
0: Yeah, Enid's fine. I guess I'm sure it's a fine place to
1: live, but everything is a chain of some sort. Everything is, there's nothing local about it. It, It's bigger than I expected, but, like, also for something out in the middle of uh, Oklahoma like this, there just isn't a lot of local flavor to it.
0: Yeah. Well, so speaking of local flavor, um, we went to Swadley's Barbecue for lunch thinking that this was going to be a local, you know, hole-in-the-wall barbecue joint, when in fact it's just part of a chain. Um, so what did y'all feel about, uh, how'd y'all feel about Swadley's?
1: The food was fine. The experience was (laughs) miserable. It's,
0: yeah, um,
1: it's basically as anti pad as you can get this kind of place. It, um... It had a John Deere tractor in it that was obviously not previously driven or anything like right. that. It's just like parked in the middle of the fucking restaurant because people want to eat around tractors for some reason. Um, just to add, add, it, add a little ambiance. The, the lighting is exactly what you would expect at a chained restaurant. Like the, Not too bright, uh, not too uh, dark. Yeah. It, it is 100% chain restaurant it is rib crib or like if red robin was a uh barbecue joint that's swadley's I, I would i would say it's uh it's like a bass
0: pro yeah or a cabela's if cabela's was a barbecue joint that's what this yeah, would Yeah it,
1: uh, like it's almost insulting to the people eating there as far as <laughs> i'm concerned because like yeah you're eating barbecue do you want this kind of stuff right yeah a lot of wood This is what what you bottling and stuff. Here you go. That's when people that eat barbecue like. Yeah. Fucking person that likes barbecue.
0: They, yeah, uh, they, they was also lit. Sorry, I'm, I'm distracted by a sign that says Leonardo's Museum and I'm curious what the hell that would be. We'll have to come back. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, it was, I think the way we put it is it was a very inauthentic experience trying to recreate an authentic one. Yeah. Is they were trying to say, okay, how do we make this authentic as possible? And ironically, that made it less authentic. But the food is fine.
1: Like, I'm sure in the back, there's some, like, the servers have KPIs or some shit. Yeah, exactly. they're, like, trying to meet, you know, using all of the, like, business terms instead of, like, just being a barbecue Yeah, exactly. I was actually, because I I was
0: taking longer to eat than the other guys. I think I ate it for an additional five to ten minutes. But I was waiting for the wagers to come up and say that we had had gone over our quota. Like, I, I was taking too long, and I needed to get out. Uh, And then we also expected to be part of, like, a focus group so they can determine their next sauce or something. The way the restaurant worked was also odd compared to, and it felt very, again, inauthentic. Um, I've never experienced this before. So you go up, you're in a line, um, you order your food, and then you get cash back, and then that is the tip you provide your waitress um, before before you ever even meet your waitress. You're getting, you're getting the amount of tip that you will provide them. And, um, and then you go sit down, they don't have any barbecue sauce on the table, They may have had a ketchup
1: bottle. No, I don't think so. They bring it all to you in little cups. Okay, yeah. They apparently have a pickle bar, but you can't go yourself. Well, and I wonder if that's a COVID thing. It was behind the wall, like, where the servers, (laughs) only the servers were going. Like, they still had a fucking salad bar the people Uh were going to. Okay, that's fair. Where I watched a kid take an entire bowl of (laughs) beets.
0: (laughs) I think that was probably Pat's last straw. <laughs> Pat was already over this place, and then he's he's sitting there watching a kid go to a salad bar and get exclusively beets. Like a fucking overflowing bowl of beets. And, and here's the thing. They were probably at, at
1: corporate headquarters, Swadley Corporate, they were like, these beets just aren't selling until this kid comes in. And now they now their fucking metrics are all off. Yeah. They're looking at the data. Well, wow. The beets are flying. Yeah, the beets are flying off the shelves all of a sudden. The, uh...
0: So, what I mean, oh, okay, so anyway, you sit at your table, and then the waitress comes by and says, okay, what kind of barbecue sauce do you like? We have sweet, smoky, spicy. And then they just bring them out to you in these little cups, because I guess they're afraid you're going to consume too much, yeah. but then you wind up... You I also, mean, that was more than I also had. Yeah,
1: you also get your drinks that way, uh-huh. instead of having a fountain where you go and get it yourself. Mm-hmm. They bring that to you, and yet they still have the salad bar, which... The amount of money that you're losing from a fucking drink dispenser compared to what you're probably losing on that salad bar. Well,
0: the salad bar was $5 for a single trip,
1: which to me was pretty jaw-dropping, and then $10 all you can eat. Yeah, but so, I mean, one of those drinks is probably 3 bucks, and the cost on one of those drinks is like $0.06. Right. And, and it's one of those things. And they're de- I mean, they would definitely be able to show us the
0: numbers on all of these oh, things. 100%. All we, all we are is you know spitballing. And then they had one TV that was constantly upselling us. I love it. We're talking. We talk more about Swadley than we have <laughs> about the damn tree.
2: Um, it was a bizarre
1: experience.
0: Yeah, it was a bizarre experience. Um, but anyway, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, TV they had a TV. They, where was, cor- it was like a corporate training video. <laughs> yeah, something.
1: exactly. They had a TV that would essentially function as a corporate training video. And they were really pushing for their stuff to be taken on picnics on yeah. that thing. How many people are having picnics? That's like a big market for them to corner. The, it essentially
0: was the entire video was just all the other ways that you can... Uh,
1: and the they, different Swadley's cons-
0: locations. Yeah, no, I wasn't even going to say the different ways you can eat Swadley's food. The different ways that you can interact with their brand was the best way to describe that video. And there are a few, um, there are a few locations in Oklahoma that are called Foggy Bottom Kitsch or something, which appears to be a straight-up Swadley's
1: resort. There's so much about this corporation that I yeah want to know more about, but I also kind of want to block it all out and yeah. never think about it
0: yeah well it just goes to show you that uh you know living in tulsa but this place is an oklahoma company an oklahoma chain we had no idea it existed until today and it sounds like it's actually large chunks of the state have been cornered by swadley's and we had no idea yeah. that said if y'all want to sponsor the show if swadley's wants to sponsor the show then we can change our opinions for lickety split so by all means
2: I, either way, dedicated roadies will recall from uh, our Bixby Barbecue Festival episode that we have a kind of a high standard for our barbecue, so... The if, fact if, that we're not complaining about the quality of barbecue tells you that it wasn't bad. Yeah.
1: It's just weird. Yeah, just the, 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 the way that they provide... The, the whole
0: dining experience was very strange. Uh, any, any further thoughts on Swadley's? So, oh, it, they had free ice cream. Oh, they yes. Yeah, so they and so that was another thing. is the waitress said, "Oh, would you guys like some dessert? We have, blunt, you know, cake, peach cobbler, brownies, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And I had already heard yeah. her. I'd already heard her say that they offer complimentary ice cream to somebody else. Yeah. So very, very
1: strategically waited until she, she said, said, "No one those. So, and then she's like, "Well, what about some complimentary ice cream?" Hell yes, thank you. We'll take it. Yes. Yeah, you, know, you got because they, they try and slip that one by you. You now where it's, you know, oh, you want one of these desserts that you have to buy? Mm-hmm. Oh, no? Well, what about the free one? Deal. And then Pat almost screwed up.
0: Pat very well may have ruined complimentary ice cream for everybody because the machine went haywire. At least that's what he claims. No one actually saw it, but the machine went haywire and then he wound up having basically seven, inch, <laughs> uh, seven inches of complimentary ice cream. And I guarantee that that's going to wind up on their daily report. <laughs> but we have no beats and, 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 and no ice
1: cream left. No complimentary right. ice cream. Account, I, account number four five seven
2: nine yeah. two three six got extra ice cream. Yes. Because yeah. we're a number to them. Her profits are down 0.06%. I want to know why. Yeah. Well, the you see, there's this guy on the ice Beats like ice cream guy.
0: So yeah, well, you know, stick it to the man. That's what Pat was really doing. It's, it's, he didn't even want more ice cream, he just wanted to stick it to the man. It, it was it was an act of civil disobedience. Yes. Absolutely. It was a snack in. Uh,
1: okay. So anything further? Big okay, tree. We go. Pretty good. Big tree pretty good. The Swadley's weird. But pretty okay. Christmas vacation. Best Christmas comedy. Um, Dominic the Christmas Donkey, not Ephraim the Christmas Donkey. Yeah. Christmas shoes. We didn't discuss this, but I just have to throw it out there. The single worst Christmas thing ever created in ever. I don't know if you all are familiar, Gary. I know you are. I am.
2: I am. Unfortunately,
1: but Hunter, I'm not sure about uh, you. I'm, I'm, I know It is the single worst thing I've ever heard in my life, and. The creator of it should be forced to, like, leave society or, I don't know, hang out as swabblies all the time or something. Yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty manipulative <clears throat> to put it mildly, hang out the swaddlies. You can either leave
1: society or hang out the swaddlies. Oh, leave society, please. Yeah. You can either, like, leave society or be entrapped in the worst of society at all and, times. And
0: again, we're, it sounds like we're shitting all over swaddlies, and we are, but we aren't because it was fine it was just it was a very manipulated experience very meticulous manipulated experience of how do we just like Christmas shoes yes Swadley except Christmas shoes is objectively terrible yeah it's not it's not even yeah it doesn't even have it doesn't even have tasty barbecue um right. well that's all I got that yeah anything further Gary nope I'm all good all right, folks, well, we've talked a lot, but we want to hear a lot from you. So reach out to us on social media or on our email. Um, and if you have not liked and subscribed, please do so. It not only... Uh helps us out, but it also gets us to be heard by more listeners. That way you can not only share the you can not only have this wonderful podcast all to yourself, but you can also share with others. So once again please like and subscribe us. Subscribe to us. But until next time, I am Hunter Cates. I'm Pat it. I am Gary O'Mealey. See you in hell.